0: Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Abide Podcast. I want to start off by thanking everyone for the outpouring of support and encouragement that I have received. I know that it's been a while since I posted an episode. Uh, the last couple of weeks have been pretty crazy. I thought that I'd be able to get one out, but I needed to uh, put some time into other things such as finals week at school and an evangelistic campaign to Ohio and a really needed relaxing fishing trip it's now time and has been time to start a new term or new set of classes here at SIBI, and I hope to get back to some sort of regularity with these episodes. In my last episode, I said that I was going to be talking about fasting, and while I do promise to get back to that, there is something I'd like to talk about this week. Uh, Instead, we're going to talk about and look at John chapter fifteen one through eleven. Uh, as many of you already know, this is one of my favorite passages and the passage that this podcast gets its name and purpose Abide. John fifteen one through eleven reads like this. As we read this passage, I want you to look for and notice how many times and the emphasis on abide is mentioned in it. Now, get out your own Bible if you want to push pause to get your own Bible out, do whatever you need to. But listen to how much Jesus stresses this word abide. John 15 verse one, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to me my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. John fifteen one through eleven that's from the ESV. I'm gonna use an illustration that I know many of you have already heard me use. Uh, But I know some of you listening have never met me, let alone heard me speak on this. So, anyway, I think this text is best illustrated with a pecan tree. Uh, I would use the vine idea, but I don't think too many of us have ever actually dealt with grapevine in real life. I do think we can learn a lot from the use of the grapevine illustration throughout the Bible, though. Israel is often pictured as a vine that God has planted... Uh, Psalms eighty eight through six, or Ezekiel fifteen one through eight, or Ezekiel nineteen and verse ten. In these verses, Israel is depicted as a vine that the Lord planted in fertile soil, cared for, and expected a fruitful harvest. However, each of these passages revealed that Israel was unfruitful and did not bear the fruit that God intended it to bear. Hopefully, we'll get back to that in a future lesson. But for now, we're going to compare use this illustration as a pecan tree just to 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 talk it out. My grandpa has at least 10 pecan trees that surround his house. They are very fruitful. He has even entered several contests and won. He, he has won the award for best pecan in all of Texas multiple times. The trees in his yard are very productive and very fruitful. In my lifetime, I've never seen him harvest a single pecan from a branch. That was not connected to the tree. No pecan will ever grow from a branch. That is not connected to the tree. If you do not believe me. Go ahead. Try it in your yard. If you don't have a pecan tree. That's okay. Walk out into your yard. Cut off a branch of a tree in your yard. And then plant it in the ground. It will die. There's no doubt. But notice this. It's not what the passage says. The branch is connected to the tree, or looks like it's connected to the tree, and it does not produce fruit. Why? How could a branch that is connected to the tree not produce fruit? This is the question we must answer to avoid being an unfruitful branch. There's a clear difference between a branch that bears fruit and one that does not. And it's not the fruit, the lack of fruit is only a sign of a bigger difference. The branch that is fruitful abides in Christ. It's clear from the passage. Also clear, the branch that does not abide does not bear fruit. When you heard me read the text earlier, did you notice how many times the word is in there? It's used nine times in ten verses. It is important that we understand what the word means before we go any further. John uses the word 43 times throughout the book of John, 1 John and 2 John. It is used as a command, a warning, an invitation to deeper love, relationship, an assurance, and as an exhortation to godly living. The word abide carries the idea of continuing, enduring, waiting, dwelling, and withstanding firm and immovable Without yielding. In the word abide, I see the same call to live with God and for God that I have seen throughout the Bible. A loving and awesome God calls his people to relationship with him. If they continue in that relationship, he promises they will experience his faithful love. Have an intimate relationship with him. To abide in Christ means to keep up a habit of constant close communion with him. To be always leaning on him, resting on him, pouring out our hearts to him and using him as our fountain of life and strength. As our chief companion and best friend, to have His Word abiding in us is to keep His sayings and precepts continually before our memories and minds, and to make them the guide of our actions and the rule of our daily conduct and behavior. You see what I'm getting to, don't you? We got to this point by asking how a branch could be connected to a tree and not bear fruit. The answer is it was never really connected. It looked like it. From the outside eye, it appeared to be connected. But as time went on, nothing happened. The promised fruit and pruning never came. In verse 6 it says, These types of branches are put in a pile and thrown away to be burned. I am surprised, honestly. I thought we'd get a much deeper or harder to understand answer, but I believe now that it's clear. When a relationship with Christ is not pursued and his words are ignored, there is no life. There is no fruit. This last summer, we were on our annual fishing trip to the Devil's River. Yeah, that's a weird name for a river, I know. But we were there, and while we were there, a branch fell out of a tree and onto my aunt and uncle's camper. The crazy thing is, it looked like a completely healthy branch from the outside. No, None of the limbs looked dead. It looked completely alive. But when we started to drag it off and cut it up, we came to find out that it was hollow. It did not look like it had produced pecans in years. Acting like a healthy branch does not make you a healthy branch. If all you're doing is acting when things get tough, you will be gathered with the dry branches take phones for example phones are pretty amazing with mine I can make calls and text people and take pictures and use it as a map to get around town as a calculator a flashlight I can even do my banking on it right but it's useless when the power runs out I guess when the power runs out I could use it as a paperweight or sit it on my desk it's useless if it lacks a charging connection it will do us well to see that the Lord has so designed the method of our sanctification so that our pride is destroyed and His glory as our sanctifier is exalted. He has entreated, exhorted, and even commanded that we abide in Him. He has said that apart from close communion with Himself, we can do nothing. But that joined to Him, walking with Him, strengthened by Him, we can bear much fruit. If our experience has not taught us the truthfulness of this claim, either we have not been paying attention or our pride has blinded us. Do not our failures testify against us that we too often lean on the weak arm of flesh? Does not our shame in returning from the battle teach us that our pride going out to the battle is foolish? The nearer we draw to Christ, the more we long for and cultivate communion with Him, and the greater our certainty will be that apart from Him we can do nothing. Walking with Him, living the Christian life by the strength that He gives to those who abide in Him, the more our dependence on Him will grow, the more our pride will die, and the more our progress in holiness will be manifested. I often find myself going through the motions of abiding and not really abiding. Sure, I pray. I take the Lord's Supper. I even study the Bible a lot. S-I-B-I will do that to you. But here's the thing. If my prayers are just meaningless, repeated phrases before I eat a meal, then I might as well stop it. Empty prayers and no prayer are not very different. If I go to partake in the Lord's Supper and all I can think about is who's taking it or who's not or who's sitting next to me or who's behind me or who's a bad singer or who's a good singer, or if all I can think about is what I'm going to say in my sermon, then I might as well not eat the flesh and drink the blood. And what good is it to read the word if I'm merely a hearer and not a doer? An abiding relationship with Christ is not for show. It should not be done because your mom or dad wants you to have one shouldn 't be done because the world's because your your parents are are telling you you need to have a relationship with Christ. This relationship with Christ should be sought after because there is no one like him there's no one who wants you as bad as he does there's no one who loves you more or lack like he does there's not a single thing in this life that is more valuable than he is there are a lot of great promises that come from abiding relationship with christ i pray that you will pursue a relationship with christ don't do it just because or don't do it for the friends don't do it for the fame or for the looks but seek christ because you want him do this journey of, of abiding in him and see him work on you because he's awesome. Uh, there's nothing that can replace this relationship. You're this progress of transformation and manifestation of holiness. I believe that it is not possible to live a life that seeks and abides in Christ and not bear fruit. The reason I believe that is because it is a promise. Jesus promises us that if we do this, if we abide in Him, God Almighty, our Father, will build us up into His own Son. We will be transformed by God's pruning into a wonderful new creation. And not just the one pruning at baptism, but a process that that can and will take a lifetime. This is the good news. Don't miss what I'm saying. God will work us into his creation. We will be his new creation. Molded after his son. There are many different things that, that ways that God prunes us. You know, I'm not really sure of all of them. I think that he uses hard times as a pruning device. Uh, the consequences of sin, maybe as a pruning device. But really, I'm not all that sure. But I know this, that it's a promise. That if we will abide in Christ, stay connected at that connection point, receive the, the nourishment that comes from Christ, if we will maintain that connection, God promises that He will prune us and make us into his son that he will transform us into new creations Ephesians 2:10 for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works we're still being created it's not over yet every single day we 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 try as hard as we can to put on these these characteristics of Christ to seek him and all his glory and God cuts away the bad so that the very character and nature of Christ becomes the very character and nature of Owen or of you abiding has a continual hour by hour nature to it a constant looking to Jesus through the scriptures if we could avoid being lulled by the gospel and remember his grace We could barely stand an hour's absence from Him. To abide in Christ daily requires dependence upon the Holy Spirit, in which we do three things. Walk by faith, spend focused time, and engage in intentional actions. We preach the gospel to ourselves. Walk by faith. Every day we wake up and remember whose we are. Every day we wake up and remember that I am pursuing Christ. That my life is, Romans 12 and verse 1, committed to God as a living sacrifice. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Wake up and remind yourself of those things every day. Remind yourself of whose you are. Plan to abide throughout our days. Uh, This is focus time, spend focus time and read scripture uh, to pray. I mean, really, this is this is time where you just take this time out of your day and you just spend it with God. Focus time. Uh, We already talked about that in these last couple episodes and. I want to tell you something I've just recently started. I started at a timer on my phone at 10 o'clock at night. And whenever that timer goes off, I stop what I'm doing. And I go and read a psalm and I pray and write some things down from that psalm usually. But sometimes I'll just pray the psalm. And finally, uh, it is to read scripture, pray, live in community with others and fight sin. These are intentional actions. Uh, We do this as we live dependent upon the Holy Spirit to bring us closer. We read scripture and and pray. We have to be intentional in those actions. You see, if if we'll be devoted to spending focused time and engaging in intentional actions and walking by faith, then these are just three things, but I think you'll see fruit developed in your life. If you spend time with God and you spend time in the Word and you spend time evaluating yourself, and I'm not saying do this on your own, but looking at yourself saying, am I producing fruit? Am I producing fruit? I mean, really, am I seeing myself becoming Christ? Do I look more like him today than I did yesterday? Or do I look the same? Because if I look the same, then I think we have a problem. And don't get me wrong here. It's not your ability to change. You can't go out and do it on your own. You can't. We already talked about that. God prunes. But if you look at your life and you're the same today as you were 40 years ago. If you haven't grown or changed or began to develop more fruit. Your life is not more patient and loving and kind. Then I would, I would encourage you to evaluate your relationship with Christ. To see if you're really abiding. Because here's the promise. The promise is that if we abide in Christ... He will transform us. We will become more like His Son. We'll become more like Him in every way. It's such a great promise. If you are already abiding in Christ, then this is nothing new to you. You've seen God work in you to, to transform you, to manifest in you His own glory, to manifest in you His own Son. Well, I can tell you that I probably didn't cover this as deep as I really want to, but there's a lot here, and we'll probably revisit it eventually, but I just wanted to dive into it a little bit. I hope that everyone is doing all right. I know that these are some crazy times, and they're really rough uh I know that me and Lindsay have only left our house about three times in the last week and That was only to go to to Lubbock and visit her mom and brother, and we were only there for a tiny bit of time. So uh, we've been really secluded, and I'm not digging it so much. We put up the hammocks in the backyard, and that's been kind of relaxing. But uh, to bring up with that, I will, because of this kind of seclusion type deal, be back on posting these once a week on Sundays or on Saturdays. Uh, more regularly now and next week we're going to go back to fasting just like i said we would and i'm really excited for that and hope we can uh, get back together then Uh, before i sign off i want to encourage you to get onto your phone and look up this app called the chosen it's a tv show about jesus choosing his disciples i really would recommend you watch that uh you know what, if you're closed in with your family and can't really do anything, go ahead and watch that and read along with it in the Bible. A lot of it's not really in the Bible because it takes on an artistic measure. But I'm telling you, it's very wonderful. It brings all of these people to life that that we read about so much uh, within the Bible. I really think it'll be a blessing to you if you would do that. So anyway, I hope that you'll go and do that and and watch those videos, talk about them with your family, read the Bible together, and see where they're coming at from the scriptures. Uh, it's completely free. You can make donations if you want to, but you'll see that when you get on the app. So, it's called The Chosen. That's all. Look it up in your app store or Google Play or whatever. <sighs> well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Again, I want to apologize. Sorry it took so long to get this episode out. We'll be back to a normal schedule after this Um starting next sunday so thank you so much for listening i really hope that this has been beneficial to you in some way and i pray that you will continue to seek after christ and to develop this abiding relationship with him and that god will work up within you uh more fruit. that he will prune you so that you will bear more fruit but that is all for today thank you for listening and i hope to see you next week As we talk about fasting, that's all for now.